We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a leading independent publisher with six decades of experience supporting teachers and school leaders. Learn about research-based, easy-to-use professional development books for your entire faculty by visiting us.johncatbookshop.com. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am very excited to have Ryan Gottfredson on the program today. Ryan, welcome to Transformative Principle. Hey, thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, I'm very excited to chat with you. This is episode 330. And so if you want links to the stuff that we talk about, you can go to transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 330. And you'll be able to get the information that we're talking about. And we're going to talk about a lot of great stuff because we're going to talk about mindset. And mindset is one of those things that in education we love to talk about. And we have some incorrect Uh, perceptions of that and some really great perceptions of that. And so, Ryan, do you want to start by just talking to us about your background and how you got to where you are an expert on mindsets? Yeah, no, that sounds great. And I I love uh, talking to your audience, uh, being principals and leaders, because I come at this from a leadership perspective. So I did my dissertation in organizational behavior and human resources at Indiana University. And my dissertation was on leadership. And as a part of this, I reviewed the last 70 years of leadership research. And one of my observations from that review was that about 70% of all of leadership research focuses on what leaders need to do to be effective. And that's led to a lot of great things. But in my mind, this didn't really sit well because 
I think that leadership is more than just doing the right thing. It's about being a certain type of person. And so for the last six or seven years since then, I, that's been my focus of my leadership research is how do we tap into the being element of leadership? And everything has led me down the road towards mindsets. Because what I've learned about mindsets is that they are foundational to everything that we do. So if we can awaken to and improve our mindsets, we can unlock greater leadership within us. We can become more, have more of that ideal positive influence that we want to have within our leadership positions. Yeah. And so when in schools, especially, we talk mostly about fixed mindset and growth mindset, but there's a lot more to it than just those two dichotomies, right? Can you talk a little bit about the different types of mindset that we need or that exists? (laughs) Yeah. So when I started diving into mindsets, I came across, as, as you alluded to, fixed and growth mindsets. These are the most prevalent, the most heavily researched mindsets. And just the findings are so powerful with regards to mindsets. We're showing huge effects on relatively, after relatively small interventions. So it led me to ask the question, well, are there other mindsets? And if so, what mindsets do I need to be aware of and what mindsets do I need to have? And so I dove into the academic literature. I kind of opened the floodgates. And what I found is that there's different pockets where mindsets are being researched. So there's mindsets being researched in psychology, in education, in management, and in marketing. And in these different pockets, they're largely finding the same thing, that our mindsets are foundational to how we think, learn, and behave. But they're largely not talking to each other. But simultaneously, they're all finding that mindsets, their pet mindsets exist on a continuum from negative to positive. So For example, in kind of the educational psychology literature, that's where we'll find fixed and growth mindsets. And we're seeing fixed are more negative, growth is more positive. But I've pulled the different disciplines together into one framework. So in addition to fixed and growth, the other mindsets that I focus on are closed versus open, prevention versus promotion, and inward versus outward. And I imagine as we go along here that we'll dive into each of those. Yeah, so I definitely want to talk about those. However, I want to talk about what you just said there. That's a subtle thing that fixed versus growth and open versus closed. It sounds like these are in competition with each other. Can you explain why you say open versus closed instead of open and closed mindset and what the benefit of thinking that way does? Well, in some ways, you may, maybe you're calling me out a little bit because one of the <laughs> that things that, which is just fine. I, I was just trying to articulate that there are differences. But the way that I think is really important to think about these is that these mindsets exist on a continuum from negative to positive, and that we do have a negative side and we do have a positive side. And with regards to each of these mindsets, is we have mindsets that fall somewhere along these continuums. And all of the research suggests, and all of my research and working with organizational leaders suggests that the more we are towards the positive side, the better we are going to process our environments. And the better we process our environments, the better we will operate in those environments. Okay, so that's that's beneficial to understand. And so the positive side is the growth, open, 
promotion and outward sides. And the negative side is the fixed close prevention inward. And even those words make them make them sound positive and negative as well. Now, does that mean that if you have a fixed mindset, then you are a negative, pessimistic or bad person? How do we understand that? Good. Yeah, great question. So at its foundational level, when we have a fixed mindset, we have a belief that we and others cannot change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. So in some ways, we might be, I think, pessimistic versus optimistic is just kind of broader labels for really the combinations of these different mindsets. So you could say that one, if someone has a fixed mindset, they may be pessimistic about one's ability to change. Whereas those with the growth mindset, they believe that they and others can change their talents, abilities, and intelligence. And what research has found is about 50% of the population has more of a fixed mindset, and the other half has more of a growth mindset. And these innate beliefs about our ability to change or not uh, affect how we then process the world and then operate within it. Uh, Do you care if I give a couple of examples? Oh, please give some examples. That'd be great. All right. So when we have a fixed mindset, the reason why this is detrimental to how we process and operate is because we don't believe that we can change. When we fail and we don't have that belief, then we're left to interpret failure as though we are failures. We internalize that. And whereas somebody who has a growth mindset when they hit failure, they don't see it as saying anything about them. Rather, they see that failure as an opportunity to learn, grow, and improve. So an example of this is actually, I'll give you a personal example. My freshman year of college, I moved away from home and I was thinking I wanted to become a doctor. So I signed up, one of the classes I signed up for was a weeder chemistry class. And it actually happened to be taught by the guy who invented sticky notes at 3M. So this this brilliant dude, and I promptly got the lowest grade I had ever received. So I, I passed the class. I got a C, but I had never gotten a C before. And so I had this fixed mindset. So at the end of the semester, my fixed mindset said, well, that didn't come very naturally to you. And that was a rather negative experience for you because in your mind, you essentially failed. What this means is that you need to change your major. And so I just kind of gave up on my medical dreams and I changed my major. Whereas if I, I look back on that, if I th- and I think if I would have had a growth mindset, my growth mindset would have said, hey, this is a good signal to suggest that your study habits aren't up to par. And if you really want to become a doctor, you're going to have to kind of up your game with regards to your study habits. But that just that thinking didn't even occur to me. Because it was my fixed mindset that was taking over, saying, you know, you're never going to be good in this. You just better change your major. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to see the latest publications whose exciting ideas include overcoming the extrovert ideal in our schools, creating bottom-up transformation that promotes buy-in from all educators, and improving formal and informal continuous learning opportunities for teachers. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. 
Learn more in our show notes. So let's take a very similar example, which is my freshman year of college. Similar situation. I failed a core English class that I would need to graduate in my major. Even it was a prerequisite for all the other English classes I need to take to be an English major. And what happened is I walked into class on the day of the final and my professor said, Jethro, it's not even worth it for you to be here because even if you ace the final, you will still fail the class. And my response was, sweet, I get two free hours. See ya, suckers. And that was how I'm pretty sure I said something similar to that (laughs) because I was not Uh making good choices at that time in my life. And and so that is like, is that the growth mindset to the extreme that a failure was not even a big deal and I didn't care about wasting the money or anything like that? Where where does that fit in? Is that was I too far on the growth side that I didn't think about, you know, the consequences like you did? Maybe I need to change my study habits. Yeah, I think in some ways, like I see the fixed element because your mind didn't take you to what what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. But one of the aspects about that situation that I want to point out, and there this is where there's been a lot of research, particularly in the education space around fixed and growth mindsets, is what was the mindset of your professor in that moment? Yeah. Like what would lead a professor to kind of say that as you came in to take the exam? And it's probably somebody who doesn't think that their students can change. Oh, Jethro is a have-not, and he's never going to be a have. Mm-hmm. Like that just seems to me that's the only way that I can consider a professor saying something like that. And and what all the research on on fixed growth mindsets have suggested is that the mindsets of our teachers shape the environment where the students operate and that environment will shape the mindsets of the students. And so if we have a teacher that has a fixed mindset, they're going to just naturally be less inclined to develop their students, particularly those that struggle. Whereas those teachers that have a growth mindset, they're more inclined to invest in all of their students, not just the good ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's really interesting about that, Ryan, is that that professor, I did need to take that class from him again later. And I had to take many other classes from him later as well. And he and I became close and had a good, positive, healthy relationship where I believe that he indicated that he had a fixed mindset in that situation. However, his belief in me was definitely a growth mindset and he gave me another chance and and helped me work through and get better. And maybe he just didn't remember who I was <laughs> because I had matured <laughs> and, and he didn't see me much that first uh, first semester when I failed his class. So, you know, that that could be part of that also. But he was definitely someone who who I would say, like, cared about and helped young people get better and improve. And in that moment, however, he what I perceive was his space was that he was he was like, I've done all that I could. And you have not stepped up to the plate and done all you could. And so there's no point in you trying to do something that's not going to change the outcome because the time for that preparation and work was all semester and you didn't take advantage of it. So, you know, not not being as well versed, I don't know uh, how to put that into the correct context, but that's essentially how that situation played out for me, which I just found really fascinating. It was very formative as I interacted with kids 
who didn't do well in my classroom going forward. Yeah, no, that's great. And when we talk about mindsets, and again, I'm just going to go back to the point of our mindsets are foundational to everything that we do. And because our mindsets are these mental lenses that shape how we see the world. And depending on how we see the world, that shapes how we think about the world. And then as we talked about how we operate in that world. And and so what I found, and, and we'll probably get to this, but I've developed a mindset assessment that folks could take, and it's free on my website, so anybody can take it. And what I've found is that only 5% of about 10,000 people who have taken the assessment are in the top quartile for these four different sets of mindsets, which suggests to me that one, most of us have got some work to do. And if we just want to operate more effectively, we're going to benefit from awakening to what exactly our mindsets currently are. And also we're going to benefit from identifying what mindsets would be better to have. Mm -hmm. Once we understand those things, now we can make a shift personal. But also we could think about this at the organizational level. So I've worked with some schools on this where we could we can assess the teachers' mindsets across the school and then aggregate them up to the collective level and say, what are our collective mindsets as a school? And what does that say about our culture? What does that say about the impact that we're having on our children or you know our students? And, and it really leads to some really fascinating uh, discussions that allows for transformation to occur within those schools. Hey, I just wanted to let you know about a little project that I've started. What I'm trying to do is help schools who are going to have a different graduation this year get guest commencement speakers. So if you're going to have a different kind of graduation ceremony this year than what you traditionally do, and you'd like to get a guest speaker to help you out, go to guestcommencementspeeches.com for a free service to connect you to a guest commencement speaker. These are people that I am curating to help connect because that's one of my gifts is being a connector. And I want to help connect people with others who can give great speeches at their school. So that's guestcommencementspeeches.com. I'd love to have you check that out and sign up to have someone awesome come speak at your school. That That is all very fascinating, and I would love to talk more about how schools implemented your research and, and what you've learned. So if you could just share one example of something that a school did to improve uh, the collective mindset of the staff and their impact on the kids, what, what would that look like? Yeah, so, and there may be folks who are listening to this who are quite well-versed in these fixed and growth mindsets. And they may recognize that it was last year or maybe the end of the year before, there was a meta-analysis that was published on the difference between fixed and growth mindsets. And what they found was that across all of the different studies that have been done on fixed and growth mindsets, there really are mixed results. That there's some places where there's even negative results, other places where there's no results, and other places where there's really positive results. And that led the authors to critique these ideas of fixed and growth mindsets. But as I dove into the research that went into this, one of the things that I recognized is that, and what I now know, kind of knowing the neuroscience behind these mindsets, is that we generally take on the mindsets of our collective culture. And so we can go into a school and engage in a positive mindset intervention with our students such as helping them develop a growth mindset. 
But if that teacher or the prevailing culture of the school has a fixed mindset, those interventions aren't going to take root, at least not for an extended period of time. And so when, when I work with, when I've worked with different schools, it helps us to understand what kind of mindsets and cult, what kind of culture are we creating and how does that permeate down to our students? And so when we've found that a school has predominantly more of a fixed mindset, then it, it leads to some really serious introspection. And then the discussion becomes, how do we shift and how do we also shift the culture for our students? And, and as we dive into this, what we've learned with a fixed mindset is when people have a fixed mindset, they're primarily focused on looking good because they don't want to fail. Those who have a growth mindset, they don't care about how good they look. They care about learning and growing. And so oftentimes in our education system, when we are emphasizing grades and not emphasizing learning and growing, what, what we're doing is we're creating a culture that fuels this fixed mindset because grades are all about essentially how we look, but not necessarily about how much we learn and grow. And so as we have these conversations with schools, it helps them better balance because it's not that grades are unimportant, but it helps us better balance the communication that we're putting forth where we're balancing that, okay, we do need to focus on grades and we do want to incentivize positive grades. But at the same time, maybe it's even more important to incentivize the learning and growing that goes on kind of beneath the grades. Yeah, that that's really powerful. And just a quick story on that. My kids' school was doing a lot of this mindset work with their kids. And what was really fascinating to me was to see how what you said about the things aren't going to take root if the adults don't have a growth mindset and they're trying to teach it to the kids. The adults were doing all this growth mindset work with the kids, but it was separate and compartmentalized. And the many of the staff were very fixed and didn't believe that kids could grow and changing it better. And you could see that through how they interacted with the kids and how they talked to them. And the teacher who was really, really good at showing that she had a growth mindset, she had a totally different demeanor and approach, was much more approachable, and the kids all loved her. And it was just so fascinating to see how that played out exactly how you said, where you know the the things that they were trying to instill in the kids didn't ever work because the systems and processes the adults had in place, it kept that idea of the fixed mindset going rather than what they were trying to do with a growth mindset. And it was just so fascinating to see that in real life because I had three kids. They all see multiple teachers at that school. And so I could I could see that in their interactions. Just so fascinating. So thank you for sharing that. So we're going to stop this episode right here. And next week, we are going to talk about my assessment. And we're going to go through that and talk about what we learn from that. I'm going to do that with Ryan here uh, next week. So thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle and have a wonderful week. And we'll be back with part two with Ryan next week. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information 
or learn more in our show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.